Welcome to Ghostwatch 2017, a show about my podcast, Ghostwatch 2016. Uh, with me are Adam Wasserman. Hey all. And Alexi Peppers. Hello. And my name's Coriander Dickinson, as will be explained in the theme song that we are about to listen to. We were watching a show made of rejects. I'm gonna go get some water. I'll be right back. <laughs> Special effects spreading across half a century. Magic ghost shirts, Pokeballs, and fanny packs. And despite never leaving Coriander is back, the bestest host that watched Common Rider goes more to say, is this replay? Join Adam and Alexi in this metaphon. Rehashing the show that still isn't done. Enjoy the unseen with Ghostwatch 2017. How are we all doing this week? Oh, dang it, you're back. I mean, hi. Hi. How was the how was the episode? <laughs> it was really good. It's too bad you weren't there. The show episode was was good. Oh, worry. Uh, and also the podcast episode that we're talking about today was was quite the, the ride. You guys, what was up? What was up with you guys? Let's just start there. Is this the time we ate the pie? No, this is the t- this is the first time um, Hodor had to go to the ocean. Who knows? Like three times. <laughs> I mean, that was mostly. Like sometimes, I think sometimes we get that coffee. Sometimes we get coffee <laughs> before. It's like I, I pulled out my phone. I, I watched the episode because that's how I do things. I watched the episode of *Common Rider Ghost*, and then I listened to *Ghostwatch 2016*. And I pulled out my my phone and I saw that this episode of *Ghostwatch 2016* was an hour long, and I was like, hmm. That doesn't seem right. But I think that might be the longest episode then. It's pretty It's pretty close if it's not. I mean, don't yep. get me wrong. It was a fun time. Oh, but, yeah. Man, you guys were all over the place. Tiny Table Friends. First appearance. Oh. Wow. Normal, normal Ganma. First appearance. <laughs> That thing is a nightmare. It's got three mustaches. Unwholesome, unwholesome monstrosity. The, the dragon beard was very cool, especially because. But it's also show, an elephant trunk. I see. I didn't get that. I was confused. To me, I, and again, sometimes I feel like there's something broken with the degree to which I find things weird. Because <laughs> I was just kind of like, "Oh, cool! It's just like dragon beard Godma. Neat. Did not fixate it on." On it any further than that, I you know what? Neither did I the first time I I saw it, but I have a lot of context for weird looking rubber suits. So I guess you do too. I mean, you've seen a lot of kaiju that probably looked like equally wonky. Yes, and Sailor Moon, which was not live action, but which mm. has a lot of silliness. Yeah, but have you been like? In close quarters with a group of friends that are all hopped up on beans or something. <laughs> no, and and you know that might help explain some of the reasons why certain things stand out more to the Ghostwatch 2016 group. Um, I'll shall we do the the yeah? Recap let's go. Let's things, let's run through it. Things Alexi found particularly interesting. Yeah. We had so our... what's what's this one called? It's episode nine. Oh yeah, we oh, had yeah, we that. didn't do the thing. 
Yeah, you you two can do it. Wait, I have to bring up the name of the episode. I it's probably not an Aginata. Ocean membership. No, we did that forever ago. Ocean membership. Yeah, ocean membership. Oh, because this is the 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 normal gnome has a Naginata thing. Oh yes. Bladed staff it weapon. It is a Naginata. Yes, he does yes. have a Naginata. So I get them mixed That's up. That's Naginata is episode four. That's what I thought. Yeah. Because it's when Nobunaga is introduced. Watershed moment for Common Rider Ghost, to be sure. Are you are you ready, Alexi? I'm ready. Okay. Okay. You want to count it down? <laughs> count it down. I'm going to count it down. All right, you count it down. Okay, three, two, one. Episode nine. Ocean, Ocean membership. membership. You said you weren't going to do it, Corey. I, I, I was caught in the moment, and I wanted to participate. <laughs> you were. I didn't want to. I didn't want to be swept away in the ocean moment. Yeah. You didn't want to lose your ocean membership. Uh, oh, I think I, I think I lost that long ago. <laughs> oh, well, that means you can't can't go in the ocean after nine. Well, it's not like uh, Hodor's the CEO of the ocean now. <laughs> CEO ocean. Oh, we haven't discussed Jeez. that part. Yeah. Okay. Um. So last episode's cliffhanger of Canon being like, well, actually, there's something I need to tell you is uh, lame. Like, you've, you've changed, man. <laughs> yep. You've changed. Um, and nothing even comes of that. Makoto doesn't even answer back of like, maybe I'll second doubt myself. Just, nope, cut. Cool. Uh, so that sucked. <laughs> right? And new character alert. Uh, oh, yeah. Astro style. There is... The guy who was in the trailer last time that looks like the general from Sailor Moon. Uh, yes. In terms of uniform. Ah. His uh, face is less like a general from Sailor Moon. Because but... he has a beard? Yeah, I guess maybe that's part of why. Well, I guess it's just like because Sailor Moon, at least the ones I've watched, I know that there are live action ones. I have not seen those. but it's His a... legs aren't nine feet long. Yeah, his legs aren't nine <laughs> feet long, and he's not drawn in a like overly romanticized style. He looks like a real human being. Um, I'm yeah. sorry. At the same time, I uh, uh, have to point something out because I've been watching Haikyuu with Ian. It seems like they want to draw extra attention to the face by moving it very far away from the body. <laughs> <laughs> So their necks are like a head and a half tall. <laughs> it's once once you see it, it's it's always there. Oh my god. <laughs> um, Anyways, continue. Yes, this new character. I I started calling him Javert. Yes, that is uh, his name. That is his name. I think it's Javel. That's just the, sub- the subtitle. But they changed their mind after a while. So his name actually is Javert. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well. You guys call him Eminem for confusing reasons. Military man. Yeah, it's not, That's not confusing at all. <laughs> uh, and we learn that Pretty Boy is a prince and his dad's the Grand Imperial Majesty. And yeah, just Sailor Moon kind of vibes in general for me. Uh, we also get Gramps is back and he's just as charming as ever. That wacky old man. Is he creeping on Akari? 
No, not this time. He's wearing like a weird wig with threads. <laughs> oh. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Giving out souvenirs. He is. Souvenirs that turn out to be like a talking Easter Island head statue, which seems pretty important, and then Taco puts it down and forgets about it, and so does the show. <laughs> like <laughs> maybe it'll come back. I really don't know. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> and Taco Jesus. What a maroon. <laughs> like because uh, Gramps, to get away from this social situation, says, hey, look, a little blinking light. And Taco turns around and, nope, nothing. And Gramps is gone. Jeez. I was very embarrassed for Taco. That was, <laughs> that was idiotic, even for him. Gramps always does this. When will he learn? You don't ever stop looking at Gramps until you are done talking to him. Like, don't even blink. That, oh, jeez. Yes, Doctor Who crossover. Like a uh, Commissioner Gordon type thing. Yeah. You don't you don't uh-huh. stop looking at Batman while you're talking to him if you want him to be there when you turn back around. Uh-huh. Um, my other favorite thing, my favorite thing in the entire episode is the next scene um, with the Christmas cards. Do you remember? I, I got excited about the Christmas cards like four or five mm. episodes ago because they showed them in a like after episode advertisement. Yeah. Right. And I was super excited because it was just like really cute that Onari and the Shrine Boys had made these Christmas cards. And now they showed up like as part of the fiction of the universe, which on the one hand is kind of weird because like they're trying to sell this stuff kind of to kids. I don't know about that ethically. But it's it's beautiful that all of their merch is in the show. (laughs) Yeah, like it is very cool. I can't decide if it's if it's not the best for a kid's show especially, I don't know, yeah. the whole like advertising children thing, but... It's fine. It's very cool. It's and, like such a long-running established thing, though. Yeah, I feel like it is just a cultural thing that seems a bit weird to me, but it's probably fine. So the other thing that does not show up on the show that is Christmas-related is that in, in Japan, they, they buy Christmas cakes, as you may or may not know. Um, it's a thing they do at Christmas. They buy, like, a cake. A white cake, yeah. A white cake. And you can get Kamen Rider and Sentai-themed cakes that have that'll come with, like, a piece of merch and have, like, a little toy Kamen Rider or Sentai figure on top of them. Oh. And you get, like, I think the, uh, the one for Ghost came with, like, a Merry Christmas icon as well. Oh, I, I got stuff like that for like birthday cakes when I was a kid. Like cakes that had an yeah, action it's, figure it's similar. Yeah. 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 That's adorable. The other thing that I love about this scene, not just that it's cute. Also, it's funny because like Onari is like, oh, look at these awesome Christmas cards we made. And it's like, oh, there are some from Okari or Akari as well. And she shows off hers. And I only noticed this when I watched it the second time while I was listening to Ghostwatch 2016. But Hanari makes this face of, like, total disgust when Akari is showing off her cards. <laughs> they are fun. But Mailman, the secret extra character, shows up <laughs> and says hi right in Hanari's ear, and he just screams. <laughs> and Takeru, after that, is rubbing his ear and looking like he's now lost the ability to hear anything on the left side of his head. 
And um, basically, this scene is just what I want from the show. All the time. <laughs> just a lot of screaming. Yep. Yeah, just a lot of like. Domestic... Onari causing pain to other people. <laughs> the mm. domestic hijinks of Takeru, Onari, Akari, and Mailman and Shrine Boys. If if that was so, all this show was, I would be happy. So you just want Taco out of the picture entirely? Well, no. <laughs> you can be a secondary Taco character. Be yeah. In the corner. Where you yep. belong. <laughs> also, the genre is now romantic comedy. Ah. Hmm. Hmm. This is like Gilmore Girls, but... <laughs> yes. But with slightly more transformations. Are, are, uh, there, are there still transformations? Sure. Well, okay. no, because this follows the side characters. Like, maybe uh, somewhere Taco is transforming and fighting, but the other characters have to be there for us to see it. Oh, yeah, that'll be the fun thing, is that, like, every now and then, in the middle of an otherwise romantic comedy domestic show, Takeru will show up all, like, haggard and have to transform and fight a Ganma, and, but we'll only see that in the background of, like, Akari and Onari arguing over whose turn it is to cook. There's a there's a show, uh, I think it's like 26 episodes total. It's a comedy show called Kanpai Sentai After Five. And it's about a, a Sentai team, except it never shows them actually fighting. It only shows them in the evenings when they're out drinking. I was wondering if that was what it was, because Kanpai is a yeah. word I know. Yeah, their Just actual name on the show is Treasure Five, but... But everybody calls them after five because of their legendary drinking parties. <laughs> of course. It's, yeah, it's like 26 episodes of that. And the, the, the commander of the evil forces um, doesn't have enough money. So he actually works at the various place, the, the bar and the karaoke place oh that they go God. to. It's and amazing. he's always trying to listen into their plans. And he's got a very loyal uh, uh, subordinate who... Uh, acts as the waiter. It's 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 pretty. It's a pretty fun show. If, if you ever want to like track exactly it down, exactly the kind of like AU fanfic someone would write about an actual Sentai show. Yeah. So the fact that it exists in an actual form is amazing. I'm gonna watch that. I recommend it. It's a fun time. Yeah. Um, most of my notes have to do with Kari and Onari. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> they go to the physics lab and. Uh, Akari is extremely excited in a reversal of roles and they like shush each other and have a moment of kind of like alright, get our shit together now we can talk. It's very cute. There's also in the this week's like ghost activity scene there's just a floating lab coat that like <laughs> kind of like nudges up against the face of this poor like junior physicist. Oh, it was good. <laughs> a lot of the like office ghostly encounter things are good like like floating binders or yeah, that's photocopiers like. going crazy this show is often very funny at least to me which oh, i agree yes and it also though and, and that's the other thing that i kind of made a note of and that i think man like i'm easy to emotionally manipulate because this show is for children, but... Um, it's, it's basically Scooby-Doo. And, you know, I love yeah. Scooby-Doo. But I still, like... Because, you know, there's another fight between uh, Makoto and Takeru. 
and Takiru's all upset and trying to like save Makoto from his pain and and I'm invested in all of this. I care very much about these characters. And then we're just like, whoa, these guys. (laughs) (laughs) Which is probably like a reasonable way to view things. Um, Yeah, New Jacket sucked. I agreed with you guys. If anything, I was even more critical of it. It's really shitty. It's just like shiny white plastic and some monk balls. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Snow Billy the Kid jacket. Exactly. Like, how could you guys be so mad about the Billy the Kid jacket? It's redeemed, though, because the spider. Um, yes. Which, again, is just so cute because Onari says, Honorable Spider, please assist. Um, yes. But yeah, it joins the staff to become a spider hammer, which is. I like that a lot. I think that's. Yeah, really I like cool. uh, Benkei's, like special move. Yeah, that was also really cool. His Omega. Everything thing. else about Benkei is uh, poop. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. I mean, he's real chill. Uh, so this is when we get to be introduced to Igarashi, right? Because he has the the fan, right? Oh uh, yeah, the like the doctor who yeah. works with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Nobly sacrifices himself, but doesn't. I guess. Yeah. Because people, people, that's the thing though, people can die in this show, which is why I thought that even though he'd obviously only been cut on the shirt level, he was probably still dead. Back in the, back in the 90s and earlier, you used to be able to have more blood in your uh, Sentai and Kamen Rider shows, like, uh, and they've really, really dialed it down where, like, you might get like a, like a red line on your face or something if you're really badly hurt. And mm-hmm. then they'll probably just put a big band-aid over it for the rest of the show. But um, it's funny because when they do the um, direct-to-video stuff afterwards, they obviously like sometimes go mad with power because they're like, oh, now we can have blood. And they like, there's like too much blood. Because oh. there's, a, there's a direct-to-video um, episode basically of Ghost that comes after the show and there's like way more blood in that. And I'm like, oh my Ooh. god, <laughs> Huh. <laughs> like overkill. Like I'm not. It's not like gory, but it's it, it it's like instead of like a little smear of blood at the corner of somebody's mouth mouth when they like get hurt, they're like got like this little like I don't know. Like they're like spitting out like a whole mouthful of blood. It's it's, it's kind of gross. Wow. Yeah. That's very interesting. Yeah, because they're no longer uh, bound by the requirements of uh, broadcast television. And it is it is interesting to me, like I haven't ever watched a lot of live action um uh, like kind of physical fighting movies. Like I never really watched mm. many martial arts movies or anything like that. Um or, or no, really like just Jackie Chan or Jet Li or No, any which, of that. which I always kind of thought I would like because every now and then, like once I watched one of the Ip Man movies, like on a oh, plane yeah. and it was amazing. But that's kind of what, Donnie Yu? Yeah, that is Donnie Yu. So, yeah. So, like, I know I'd like it. I just never got around to it. So I think that I'm still... I I probably... I'm I'm easily impressed by, like, physical fighting stunts because I haven't seen a lot of them. So I do enjoy, like, the the punch fights in Kamen Rider Ghost can be cool because they do the thing in this episode. So Javert um, establishes his badassness by beating up 
our previous most badass character, Spectre. Which is sad. Poor Spectre. But it's a cool little fight. And there's this great thing, and it, it made me think of how they convey stuff without being able to actually show people being hurt. Um, Javert is, like, in the middle of beating up Makoto when Pretty Boy tells him to stop. And it's a cool shot, because, like, Makoto has, like, just put up his arm and kind of, like, braced it with his other hand. And has he looks, like, really scared. And, like, he knows that he is not going to be able to actually do anything more but, like, defend. And it was just, mm-hmm. like, a cool kind of physical eye way of conveying the, the way that the fight was going, even though they couldn't show him actually being, like, physically hurt by it particularly. I thought it was cool. It's a good show. <laughs> and that, I think that's most of the points. There was a lot of plot stuff, which, you know, was covered in Ghostwatch 2016. And overall, good episode. They seem to be continuing now, though, that, like, one episode does not finish plot stuff particularly. Like, the Ganma hasn't mm-hmm. been dealt with. Yeah, and... I think they start doing a lot more two-parter type things. Yeah, this one, it yeah. didn't exactly have, like, uh, as obvious a cliffhanger as last time or anything, but, like, yeah, the Ganma hasn't been dealt with. It doesn't feel as resolved as the first few episodes did at the end of an episode. I mean, it's funny that this one, which is like like you say, unresolved doesn't have more of a cliffhanger when they tried to do cliffhangers from or semi cliffhangers from other episodes that were like totally resolved. Yeah. Like like the previous episode where they, where they I, like that cliffhanger was so wasted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like there could have been something there, something of substance to make the, the a payoff at all. Well, it's like the the episode where Gramps is like, "All right, time to go to the next level," and the next episode is just like a regular episode, uh, uh, except Billy the Kid. But they have so many opportunities to fill some exposition or character growth that they don't take, and then they try to cram it in in specific episodes. It's really irritating. Yeah, because I mean, they have a lot of room to maneuver because it's what like forty eight episodes long. Yep. That always frustrates me when, yeah. when when they have that much time and it's like you'd think that they would be able to resolve everything or or introduce more plot stuff and even by the end it's like, well, there's all the stuff that you didn't really delve into that didn't really get explained to the extent that one would expect. I find Ghost is is particularly like None of the like the gunma stuff doesn't really ever get explained as thoroughly as 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 it really should be. There's They're running out of just time. Doesn't make sense. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you had a lot of you had a lot of room in there that you could have you know could have could have given us some details. I was talking to um, Zach, one of Corey and I's coworkers, today about how working in the game industry, kind of like one thing that it spoils for you just in general about games is that when you're in a room with writers and you, you just learn about like how, how games are made more and you, you start to know more game developers, you realize that even in like your favorite games, a lot of the times the answer to like, oh what's what's this plot point that like the games don't answer, like what what's the truth? Is that the writers don't know? <laughs> that they oh, were yeah. like Oh, for sure. Yeah. And, and like <laughs> that makes sense. But I think that um if you are just a 
player of games and, and stuff like that. And that, it applies to any media, you know, movies or books or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think that you don't realize it's still kind of shocking when you see it happening or, or when you just like someone owns up to it. <laughs> yeah, it's just because there are other like other common writer shows even that that have a lot more plot and are a lot better at explaining everything or have or have less plot and they don't have to explain it because the they're not really about that like like a show like forza for instance yeah exactly like, i was thinking barely has a plot but it doesn't really need one because it's on an episode by episode basis about the characters in a way that pulls pulls off a lot better than i think ghost manages to and it has a very like thin plot because it wants to focus on that whereas i think ghost wants to sort of have it both ways well ghost tries to be like this political thriller while at the same time like high stakes martial arts inheritance show yeah it's like what is it doing it doesn't know it it feels like there's so much world building that was done at some point that we never mm. ever get to understand i mean it's possible there's a bunch of world building that was done that then didn't jive with the show they actually made and just got tossed out and they're like well we'll keep as much of it as we need to yeah i don't know i mean it's it's uh, it sounds like we don't like the show and i want to say that i did like ghost like it's not like i every week when it when i was watching it i was like another episode of ghost but just by comparison there's been some really like stellar common writer series in the last last you know 10 years or so and just comparatively it's it's one of the weaker ones unfortunately i guess it's good then like for someone new to the series that yeah. like this is this is enough that i'm interested and interested enough that like if i have the luxury of time when i'm done ghost i'd like to watch some of the other ones and I guess yeah. it's better if you can get away with it then to like start with the lower quality and go up instead of the it's, other way around. The it's not a bad introductory that, series. Like, you don't get, if you start with a really something that's really bad, then you won't get hooked. But um, I, I am enjoying the show enough that I would, I'm very, I'm actually very curious to watch other Kamen Rider and compare it um, when this one's done. I guess I could watch more at the same time, but don't have time to do that i yeah i mean you could uh, you have to do your godzilla podcast first <laughs> it's true she doesn't i mean i don't know if she needs to rewatch any of the stuff for the godzilla podcast you may have memorized all of it already mm-hmm. you know i've watched them but uh a blessing and a curse is that my memory is extremely poor me too. It, see, it's a curse in that you know no matter how much i love something i come off as kind of like uninformed about it like i don't actually know it very well it's just it does not matter like pacific rim i've probably watched it 20 times now that's my favorite movie um just watched it like the other week um cannot quote lines from it perfectly like there's just there's no amount of, of watching something that can let me do that but it is a blessing in that godzilla films particularly because i tend to kind of like watch a few a year and there's enough of them that that means mm-hmm. I kind of cycle through them. So if I go like two years without seeing a Godzilla film, it's pretty much brand new. <laughs> nice. Like, oh. Not not a hundred percent. Like I remember the general plot and like stuff like that. But enough of the details get lost in just a couple of years that I'm enjoying it from like quite a fresh 
perspective. So that part's nice. Yeah, I I don't retain things that well either, especially for like long form shows, especially like especially things like Common Rider. Like I've I've watched all the Heisei Common Rider stuff, but my retention on it is not massively good. Like it's better for the for the the ones I really liked, and I I'll remember stuff if it's mentioned to me. But I you know I can't pull that stuff out of my out of my brain wholesale. It's an interesting especially with listening to like the like Ghostwatch 2016 like Corey and and Heather and Kate being really interested in certain things and I'm like I forgot all about that. That didn't even register with me. Mm. And I'm like, "Oh yeah, I guess that happened. Oh yeah, I guess that Ganma was weird looking." Okay. Mm-hmm. And like I really appreciate the things that Alexi's been focusing on just cuz it's like stuff we didn't touch mm-hmm. or ways that we didn't buy in. <laughs> which is nice yes definitely the buy-in is very different which is interesting and, and is um generally a thing like i find that um when i talk to other people about media just in general like i almost always have really high buy-in on any kind of like emotionality stuff that other people don't Hmm. Not certainly not like to the degree that I do. Like honestly, Pacific Rim, which is like this divisive thing. I know Adam doesn't like it. It's funny. <laughs> I truly do not. Yeah, and some people at work who otherwise I get along with super well um, really don't like Pacific Rim, and a lot of it I think, but and not all of it, but part of it is like to me like I really connect to a lot of um, emotionality and and characters in that film, even though like it doesn't come from the dialogue. That's what. Um, some people say, is they're like, how could you enjoy that movie? The dialogue is so garbage. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, I don't remember the dialogue. The thing about it. But it's a lot like Independence Day or like, uh, what else am I thinking of? They did like, um, Astro Boy movie, stuff like that. So this, oh, like, yeah. it's not perfect, but it's supposed to be like a, like emotional triumphant blockbuster or beat him up smash fest so yeah and, and then it's like it, you know it's Guillermo del Toro and Guillermo del Toro has a lot of very strong feelings about like what love is and how important it is to like the world and about different types of connections that human beings can have to each other and like, he's expressing that in Pacific Rim through like certain ways visually and stuff like that and, and it, I think it's just something like it resonates with some people and doesn't with others. And, like, that's just how it is. And even people who like Guillermo del Toro's other films and, like, get that out of his other films don't always get it out of Pacific Rim. But I know I'm not crazy. Like, I know other people who also, like, this is their favorite film. And it's not just because it's a good kaiju beat-em-up movie. Like, to some people, it resonates on this emotional level that it just, like, doesn't register for other people, which is interesting and and i think it's not an accident either like in the commentary um Mm. stuff like that like Guillermo del toro talks about what he was trying to achieve which matches up really closely to what i get out of it so i don't think it's just like projecting um but it's just interesting to me it's a very divisive movie and it is an example of like people pick up on and um focus on different things and, and get different things out of the same media, which is always really cool. I might like it better if I watch it again, which I imagine I will at some point since I got a copy of it because Kaiju Completist 
So, uh, uh, should I, that be I, the name I, of I, our I, podcast? Kaiju completist. <laughs> I generally find that, like, if I go into something with a preconceived notion of how I feel about it, it's more likely that my mind will be changed than um, otherwise. Mm. Like, I have watched things that I thought I that I disliked the first time, and I was like, okay, this wasn't so bad second time or i liked more at least so i don't know we'll only see. had that with napoleon dynamite but did you like it less or more the second time i liked it more the second time huh the first time i stopped watching it like i don't know oh, okay. half hour in <laughs> yeah. i was just like this sucks I and then the second time i was like okay this is okay oh prometheus with like asterisks <laughs> it wasn't that the second time i thought it was a great movie or anything i just like the first time i watched it i really didn't like it like at all i was angry um i saw it in theaters i was really pissed oh, okay. off and then after that because i had high expectations going in as part of the yeah. problem and then once i knew like okay that's what that movie actually is i rewatched it with like my brother at some point because he hadn't seen it and i actually was able to like enjoy parts of it a fair bit i i like the ai stuff that they have going on and like the yeah. the, the android character um so I was able to like well, Michael Fassbender's very good. Yeah, I saw it in theaters, and I came out of the theater really happy because oh. I kind of read a lot into it about like uh, characters not having information the audience has, or people's motivation for doing things, that kind of stuff being expressed in the movie. But then later, thinking about the movie more, I was kind of unsatisfied with how it went. Like, right. I, I feel like he could have, I guess, well, Ridley Scott, right? Uh, mm. Could have, like, better executed if that was the point. Mm. And I saw it after all the backlash and everything, and I thought it was fine. <laughs> but by that point, I was w- ready to, like, completely hate it. And I was just watching it so that I could be part of the zeitgeist. Right. I mean, yeah. not really the zeitgeist, because it was a little late for the zeitgeist, but... <laughs> My only major problem is the biologist touching the snake thing. Yeah. And just like acting completely ignorant. <laughs> yeah. It, it is interesting too that phenomena of like sometimes you see a movie in theater and I, I get this a lot. Like when I see a movie in theater, because I do that very rarely, I probably only go to like two movies in a theater a year. Mm. Um, and, like, coming from the country, too, it used to always be, like, a whole thing. Like, you'd kind of get the whole family together and drive to the big city to go see a movie in a theater. Um, so I still get very excited about theater movies. It's a very, like, you know, it's a sensory overload kind of experience. So usually even movies, like, I'll, I'll get very hyped about them when I watch them in the theater. And then, like, as time passes, like, hour by hour, when I have left the gleaming lights of the city behind... I'm like, wait a minute, that was a bad movie. <laughs> that happened with the Star Trek, the one with Khan, like the new one with Khan. Into oh, Darkness. yeah. I really liked it when I saw it in the theater just because of like the spectacularness of it. And then the more I thought about the plot and stuff after it, the less and less I liked it. <laughs> so it's interesting. It's interesting all the ways that your um, perception of things change. I think that's a good point to stop for the day. Yeah. All a, right. a philosophical episode of Ghostwatch 2017. A show about Ghostwatch 2016. <laughs> <laughs> ha ha.
You can find uh-huh. me, Coriander Dickinson, on Twitter at Absolar. Adam. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You can find me on Twitter at Gold Sarcasmium. And you can find me on Twitter at AM Peppers. I just love my thing, but it'll probably be done by the time this goes up. So. Oh, so it'll be so Oh, yeah, done. for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but just, just, just find me on Twitter. <laughs> Lexi, how many, uh, how, how many P's are in your name? Two total. One in the middle. <laughs> okay. People ask that question. Good. It's a very difficult question. People ask yeah. um, how many P's. But you, what they usually mean is how many P's in the middle? Because the first letter is a P. I've had this yes. question so many I times how many in my total, life. But... Okay, yeah. good. Well, some people mean in the middle. So I say two P's and they're like, oh, okay, P-E-P-P-E-R-S. I'm like, no, that's three. Count the P's. <laughs> A-M-P-E-P-E-R-S. Is the Twitter handle? It's a Dutch name. I'm sorry. And yeah, that's the only name. thing. The only thing I asked you was like how to pronounce your name because it was like Peepers. Yep, that happens too. <laughs> yep. Aww. Alexi Peepers. That's oh, me. Mm, yep. Anyways, Anyways, I'm gonna hit stop. Bye.